So, Rich, uh, the Europa League then? Yeah, uh, one of my favourite competitions, actually, and in, in, in playing in those far-flung destinations on Thursday nights is, is, is something that I've really missed. There's a grandeur to the Europa League that I don't think we fully appreciate when we're out of it. And now we are potentially getting very close to getting back into it. I'm kind of looking forward to it, I must admit. I'm kidding. I am so angry. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I've been angry about United for quite a long time. You know, no. even the losses have just been like, just well, yeah, obviously. Mm. This, one, this one's annoyed me because it felt very avoidable. Shall yes, I, say. I mean for, enough, the... for a number of reasons. So. Yeah, yeah. Before we get too deeply into it, I'm, I'm assuming you're not. We're talking about everyone, but just in case you don't, hello, welcome to this week's Red Voices. You got me, you and Lennox and him, Richard Can, to discuss two games this week: uh, a rather fun three-two victory against Southampton on Sunday, and this evening's utterly infuriating three-one defeat to Paris Saint-Germain at Old Trafford, which leaves United teetering on the verge of the last 16 of the Champions League, but also very close to going out if they don't get a good performance against RB Leipzig in Germany next week. Yes, Rich, uh, in terms of the games that we've lost this year, you know, you look at the 6-1 and, you know, the games against Spurs and Palace, they were extenuating circumstances to a degree, despite how disappointing those defeats were that sort of allowed you to take that into the equation. There was nothing extenuating about that tonight. It was just completely and utterly avoidable. And it just showed up so much of why we keep getting stuck in this endless cycle of decent performances or at least some, you know, false sense of momentum or consistency and then it all it takes is just a little bit of self-destruction and we're back again in this fog i hate it it's so tiring it feels like ollie doesn't learn we have games you know southampton on the weekend ultimately he made a change he made an early change he changed it and it changed the game so you know he he can impact games in a positive way and he does impact some games in a positive way but then you have games like tonight where there are some really, really obvious decisions and really obvious things that need to be done and they're not done. And and it costs you the game. And that's really what happened tonight because United, had, having been absolutely abject in the first 15 or 20 minutes, United really, after, after the the first sending off incident, which um, we'll no doubt talk about in, in, in due course, United really got hold of the game, and I think they probably dominated the game for the next forty to fifty minutes of that of that match, and and should have won it. But then Fred was still on the pitch, having probably have been should have been sent off twice prior to that, <laughs> and and he then gets sent off. Obviously, just prior to that, Tuchel makes a tactical change, which which suddenly opens up their left hand side, and we didn't react to it, um, and ultimately that's what. That's what cost United, um, mm. and it was it was avoidable. And it, I think the reason we go around in these these circles with Oli is because the best managers get these decisions right eighty ninety percent of the time. You know there are there are other factors that can impact that, but generally speaking, the the tactical matters the best, the very best get them right you know ninety percent of the time. Whereas we're we're, we're almost stuck in a rut where Oli generally seems to get them right fifty or sixty percent of the time, maybe in terms of the, the starting tactics or whatever else. And, and and the reality is that because that's the case, we're going to continuously go through these cycles of win a couple, lose a couple, win a couple, lose a couple for, for all eternity. Mm. Um, and because because he's clearly got the players, because the players are clearly with him, there's absolutely no doubt those players still play, have been all, at any point still playing for him, even in the depths of last January. They were, they were 
putting in for him. The difference really is is in large part tactical. I mean, certainly we missed at least one very, very good chance tonight that we should have taken. But, you know, the, the biggest issues were the things that we that, that we didn't do rather than the things that we did do. Well, you know, the, going into this game, tactics in particular was going to be a key thing because Ali got it pretty much spot on in Paris, didn't he? You know, it was a 3-5-2 that really reaped dividends for United and PSG struggled with it for large parts of the evening. And coming into this game, you knew immediately Tuchel would have a plan in place to try and compensate for the fact that United had a lot of joy and found a lot of space in that game in Paris. And I was surprised initially to see Solskjaer go for such an attacking lineup with what is essentially essentially a 4-3-3 with Martial and Rashford either side of Cavani. I do understand to a certain extent, if Ollie's thinking bigger picture slash longer term, why he wanted to go for a slightly more attacking lineup. And it's not like for most part it didn't work out because essentially United eventually have to stop being a team that hits teams bigger clubs on the counter-attack in the bigger games, right? You, know, you mm. can't keep... You can't necessarily build a hugely top-level team of this sort of stature if you're constantly touting yourself as the underdog and refusing to take the line or the majority of possession. I thought it made sense to a certain extent for that 4-3-3 for United. The problem Mm -hmm. was is that United came out for the start of that game completely undercooked, right? You know, we weren't closing down quickly enough. Alex Tellers, who, you know, it was interesting. If we'd have recorded after Southampton, I would have said he's come in and done a really professional job down at left-back. But tonight, he was just all over the shot. I mean, defensively, the space that the back four allowed all over the park on either wing was just criminal. I know that it wasn't a lot necessarily a lot of help from Rashford and Martial when it came to tracking back when PSG were attacking us. But Tellers was getting pulled all over the place and just didn't have an answer when he needed to close down quickly on that left side. And, you know, in particular, it, it was such a strange first 45 minutes from United. You know, the goal came from Rashford somewhat uncharacteristically looking Dan James-ish when he went forward for that initial chance, right? You know, he took the ball mm. and he's running at it. You're just thinking, just blast it. Put Navas under some pressure, but he just never got it out from under his feet. PSG pounce and it's a lucky deflection, but we're not marking tightly enough. We're not pressing quickly enough. We're not closing down the space. And Neymar, I mean, is that a De Gea howler? I mean, people didn't seem very satisfied by it by all means, but what did you reckon? When I saw it back, I did feel that he probably should have saved it. It just, it didn't, you know, it didn't go across him into the far corner. It kind of went through him, didn't it? Um, he went and, too and, far to his post, really, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that it wasn't a clangor. I mean, it, Neymar was very close, and he hit it. He hit it really well. So De Gea was really just having to kind of make a, a shape and hope that it hit it. Um, that's one of those ones where Schmeichel would have thrown a star jump at. Um, at Neymar, and maybe yep. the ball would have gone under Schmeichel, so you, but I don't think largely that's De Gea's fault. I think their goal, it, even even the fact that it arrived wasn't particularly anybody's fault, but the fact was that we we started the game as we do so often, really, really badly, and PSG had been all over us for the first however many minutes up until that, into, until that goal, and then for probably, you know, 15 or 20 minutes after that as well. Um well, it was the so, first couple of minutes where Lindelof is getting a one-touch pass back to him and just punts it straight out into touch, which was the worrying yeah. thing, straight out for a throw. Instantly the basics, there, you're thinking, it? yeah, yeah, United struggle with starting games like this so frequently 
and you know it, it's such a marked difference and again you but you still sometimes don't know what you're going to get you might get a game like tonight where we start poorly for 20 minutes then come back into it and enjoy a really big spell of pressure or we start well like we did against Southampton but make stupid errors and concede either way we're getting done and we're screwing ourselves over and that mm. first goal was a I mean, again, avoidable. It happens. And at least United came back into the game, right? You know, there were a couple of nice flashes. I think all night long, though, the worrying thing for me was that Martial and Rashford just seemed to be so tentative when it came to attacking and in front of goal. Mm. They seemed very shot shy tonight. They didn't seem to want to pull the trigger and they seemed to want to try and play the extra pass or dribble a little bit further, which really didn't help. You know, we got let's be honest, pretty lucky with that goal from Rashford. I mean, it, it was a Rashford goal because it was on target, uh, but Danilo, obviously, a wonderful touch just to get inside the post where Navas can't get to it, and United somewhat fortuitously back in the game, and we seemed to do alright for the rest of the first half then, because PSG were looking a little bit pensive. But how United didn't go... I mean, I'm, I'm missing one of the biggest events of the first half. Fred is incredibly lucky that he wasn't sent off in the first half for that. I know that the, I think what the reason the referee didn't send him off was that Paredes made such a meal of the contact and yeah. encouraged it seemingly that was lucky but you could see for the rest of the half that Fred was skating on very thin ice and again you know he accidentally stands on Paredes's foot going in for a 50-50 challenge and in and a different day that could have been a second yellow mm. you know it, it yeah. was it was accidental but still Fred was just a was an accident waiting to happen for the rest of the yeah, game after was. that first yellow. And I'm surprised that we came back out for the second half and Fred was still on the pitch. And it's not like Oli didn't have the players there to try and change it onto the system a little bit. Or at the very least, if even even if he had three substitutions, which he didn't, he had five, something could have been done to bring him out of the firing line. It's just, I mean, that is... Saying unforgivable is far too incendiary, but it's just stupid genuinely yeah. so avoidably dumb not to get rid of not to take him out of the firing line in a game where he was very clearly charged up playing on the edge of the game and again you know it's pointed out his first touch is often so frequently loose that all it took was what happened with ander wasn't it you know he misplaces the ball yes he gets to it but when you're on a yellow card you can't be making challenges like that and hope to get away with it i suspect that the referee may have seen the the second one particularly in the half time um because, you know, for me, both were sendings off. Um, you know, he obviously had a look at the first one and incomprehensibly decided it wasn't a sending off. But but the second one, it wouldn't surprise me if he saw it again and thought, you know what, he should have been off for that. The, I mean, the frustrating thing was that after the, the first red card incident, United actually took quite a strong control of the game. And, you know, we hadn't necessarily created a lot of really good chances, but we had, we'd had a lot of possession and more control and, and, and with a better side. And that really carried on for 25 minutes half an hour in the second half and United really should have been ahead but but Oli made two mistakes he 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 left Fred on too long and also he saw Tuchel make a change particularly the change to bring on Backer at left back who then really overloaded United at right back and immediately PSG got on top of the game and Oli didn't react and this is this is the problem that we've seen too often is is opposition managers making changes tactical or, or personnel changes or whatever and and only not responding to the fact that that change has caused the game to tip in the balance of the game to tip and at kind of 70 70 ish minutes into a into the game that's when you've got you immediately should be looking at your bench and thinking how can i how can i get back control of this game 
Yeah, I mean, the way that the second half started as well, Rich, just the, the... We had so much space to play with and so many opportunities to run at PSG because, as you said, before Backer came on, with Neymar refusing to track back and really help out at left-back, PSG was so open. They couldn't get to us in that first 20 minutes and we really should have put the game to bed there and then. And to a certain extent, that isn't on... Well, no, to any extent, that's not on Oli because Oli didn't make Martial miss that chance. No, I mean, it's... A... It was a, it was an incredible chance, and you could see with Martial at the moment, and Didier Deschamps um, said the same, didn't he? That he's he clearly just his his um, confidence is on the ground, um, completely on the ground. I mean, ultimately, he had, he he had United's best other attempt when he kind of dribbled across and hit a shot, but but he he clearly is in a real low in terms of his his, his self confidence and his his kind of willingness to. Do you know when when Martial's on it, the things he does look too effortless. The, the really really high class things look really effortless. It looks like it's not hard, but when he's off form, he really struggles. And you can see that he he thinks too much about things. And I think that chance that he missed, the real sitter that he missed, it was just a case of having a split second too long to actually think about what he was going to do. Mm. Um, and you know that that was kind of the moment, along with the. Um, along with brilliant Cavani chip onto the crossbar that, that that really sort of turned the game and and from there you know Tuchel really took control of the of, of the tactical battle. Yeah, and as you said there, the ability to react to those tactical switches is something that I assumed Tuchel was going to be better than Oli at, and Oli's really got to step up in that regard because this is something that we say so frequently, and for every good thing that he does tactically. We all, and every good thing that this team seems to do, it always feels like we're only a couple of weeks away from something like this. Again, self-inflicted completely and utterly. I mean, the Martial miss was, oh dear, oh dear. I mean, I, f- I really feel for the guy because he's clearly not having a great season, scored two so far, and he just looks so low on confidence. And, you know, you, you do have to try and play your players to a certain extent through those periods. But at the same time, you know, the the margins for error, especially after that Istanbul game, are so slim. And especially in a game against a side as capable in terms of their attacking talent as PSG. To miss that was huge. And not only that, uh, the way in which we just didn't carve out the right space. I mean, something... We're going to talk about the good things that Bruno Fernandes did in the game against Southampton, and we frequently talk about that. Tonight, I thought he was poor in terms of his use of the ball. Passing was atrocious. He wasn't able to connect frequently. He was making the wrong decisions. Fantastic example. It was he, Cavani, and Rashford in a 3v3, and he picks this curling effort to try and play Rashford in when Cavani was in acres of space and could have been played in instead. It was just, that was the story of his night. He was just making the wrong call on a frequent amount of occasions. And it costs, you know, well, that contributed to us obviously getting the results tonight. You know, we've got to be more clinical in these instances. You know, we created plenty just as we did on Sunday. We're the architects of our own downfall by not scoring goals at key times. And especially with the way that PSG got the second from Marquinhos, United were served warning. You know, he hit the bar not long before that. And then Bakker, as you mentioned, came in on the left-hand side. Excellent save by De Gea to get down low to touch that one away beyond his far post. It was a great reaction stop. But United have been had been told and had been warned. And we saw this against Sevilla as well. If you don't take your chances and this in European football, you are going to get punished or indeed any kind of level. And I don't know what Oli does to switch that around, but I do know if he can't find tactical answers to the questions that other people, other managers pose him, 
we're going to be stuck in this little cycle for quite some time. And as soon as that second goal went in, you're thinking, well, that's incredibly frustrating. And then as soon as Fred takes that challenge, I mean, we missed it because the replay hadn't even come back on. And as soon as you see a play down, you're thinking immediately, oh, that's probably Fred. And out comes the second yellow card. Mm. And at that point, I don't even know what to say. I mean, to have thrown away the position that we were in, in these games, the game in Istanbul and the game tonight, it's just so needless and it's so maddening and it's so draining to see a team work against itself in these instances. It's so self-destructive. I'll tell you what's really, really irritating is watch your Please team Please do! Being really, watching your team being largely, completely unable to win games at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's one, you know, we, we've, talk, we've talked before about this long run of away wins, something like eight or nine now, isn't it? Which is, which is a record for United. But the, the flip side of that is we've now won, I think, one in nine at home two and two in is it one two in nine is it west brom and leipzig are our two oh, sorry. wins this season i <clears> know <throat> oh, we've won we've won um we've won basso hack as well haven't we um, that's true three wow yes three three home wins this season in whatever however many games we've played in total at home this season must be eight nine ten maybe i don't know but anyway we're not good enough at home and and when you're playing at home you i think it demands more of you tactically at home in many ways because you're expected to take the impetus. You're expected to do the, to to have have a degree of control on the game, and and teams come away from home hoping that they can, you know, really sort of disrupt that advantage and and try and force you out of your, you know, your rhythm. We've we've said so many times before that this team is has got players who are amazing for the counter attack, absolutely perfect for counter attacking, which is great when you're away from home, but it's absolutely use playing at home on the counter-attack and even you know there were quite long points in this game today where that's just basically what United were trying to do and that's okay but you've got to have something else you've got to have a variation I just think we're we're incredibly naive at home and I think Mm. it's where it it really it shows where the coaching just isn't good enough really you know I'm going back to what I said before you know the best coaches get 90% of their games right and the you know the rest we're on a sliding scale down there, and I'm just thinking Ollie gets so many wrong. We're just going to be in this cycle forevermore of win a few, lose a few. Ollie's under pressure, win a couple, lose the next one, and on, on, on. Because I don't think his all-round ability as a coach is good enough to to really drive to United on on the sorts of runs that would push them beyond not also runs, but push them push them beyond being the best of the of the rest. There's a really good, a really good. Um, tweet i read it feels like that ollie is is getting experience rather than using experience that kind of is true the thing that frustrates me is i don't think he seems to be he doesn't seem to be improving in that regard there doesn't seem to be any any change you get glimpses of where you think he might be getting better in certain aspects but then two games down the line or whatever he displays the same failings that he had the previous time i'm not sitting here saying ollie you to get the sack or whatever, I'm, I, can't, I, I don't really have the energy for calling for managers <laughs> managers to be sacked anymore. There's, you know, from... well, I think it's just it's sort of accepting his faults and noting that at the minute we haven't necessarily seen enough of an evolution beyond those, or, or you know, examples to say that they've been fixed. You know, because no. it doesn't feel like it. You know, we, we've seen problems like this frequently over the last couple of years, and 
especially in moments like this. You know, so much of last season was all about trying to get back into the Champions League. And yes, we got a difficult group. You know, no one really wants to draw PSG or RB Leipzig, despite the fact that we've obviously beaten them both at stages in this group in, in this group so far. There has to be a certain level to which you're able to cope with some setbacks in a positive manner. Or, you know, I mean, I know that we went to... Istanbul, we got beat. Yes, it was a terrible result. Rubbish night. We won four on the bounce. Solskjaer's talking about how he turned it around and won four in a row. I'm still finding myself thinking, when is the next bad performance coming up? And it's yeah. just the lack of ability from United to cope with consistent pressure. And until we start getting over the hump and start stringing more wins together, or at least starting to cut out games like this, it's the difference between losing a game tonight and getting enough of what we need and getting a draw. Until we start doing that a little bit more and stop these, stop the misses, stop the self-destructive tendencies, start being a bit more proactive in terms of tactical changes in game when matches are getting away from us, we're going to struggle to get out of this cycle. And, you know, I, I, I mean, substitutions, again, we're talking about things there. Well, after we went down to 10 men, we did try and turn the pressure up. Popper came on, Van der Beek came on, Igalo came on. Cavani came off and I do feel for the guy you know obviously part of the reason that he joined us was because he wanted to stick it to PSG and he came within inches of doing just that with that chip effort it was a glorious mm. shot but uh, he probably bat the wrong horse there probably should have gone to Germany but anyway um, <laughs> Neymar scoring the third I mean lovely little battle between him and McTominay for most of the evening and my money's on McTominay he looked especially in the first 70 minutes after the start I thought McTominay did a good job of keeping him quiet but then the tactical change happened and then suddenly he was less quiet and again the annoying thing is looking at that result tonight before we move on to the Southampton game was not only was the game the result avoidable as I said about seven times already is that PSG really aren't all that it's just, it's clear from these two games. They've got some incredible talent going forward. Neymar and Mbappe are great. You've got Verratti in there who can do bits, but they're very easy to get at. The midfield and back four are bang average. I think Marquinhos is very good, and the front three, whichever front three they put out, is going to be really, really tough. But the rest of that team is just, it's workhorses. There's no, there's no, I mean, Verratti's a very, very good player, and I'm being a bit unfair to him there, but... He's not had the best of times. He's been injured recently as well, but he's not had the best of times over the last sort of twelve months, really. But you know, aside from that sort of four or five player group, the rest are distinctly average, and they've really been struggling in League One. I've watched quite a lot of their games this season. Drew two two all at home to Bordeaux at the weekend, and could very easily have lost that game. And Bordeaux are crap. If you look at the, they're, they're top of the league, but they've their performances are nothing like they have been, and they've had injury problems. But even so, and yeah, it's just really frustrating. We've this is it, it. Just kind of feels like we've had two opportunities now. We should have, we should have put a performance in in, in Istanbul, and we wet the well shit the bed on a level that is is hard to even fathom. Then we've we've had the opportunity tonight and shit the bed again. And now we've got to go to Germany next week and not lose. And the last time we went to Germany and had to not lose, Wolfsburg. And I still don't like thinking about that game. It was bad. From the win in, in Paris, this, this United team can go and win that game. You know, we have we have won some big games in the last 18 months under Ollie. So it's not impossible. But you just kind of feel the momentum's behind Le- Leipzig now. You know, mm. they're going to be at home. They are a good side. You know, we're the ones under pressure in that final game. We're the ones that have to 
that, that have to get out with something you know Leipzig are at home they can take the initiative they it's a really tough game and we've got you know if we'd have just done the business either in Turkey or tonight we'd have been through we could have rested players in Leipzig before we played City but as it is now we've got a game where we've got to put our best team out after we've played West Ham away you're in really good form at the moment and then go and play City at home the following week while City will be through I think or yep. nearly through and they can rest loads of players and and then stick the, their best team out against us and it's just all completely self-inflicted. I don't get angry about United much anymore. I just I, I seem to have this sort of deep disappointment. But, but and sometimes it's actually been been a case of black humour. But I, I don't really feel angry about United much anymore. But I really feel angry about this tonight because I feel like we we basically fucked it for ourselves when he was yeah. there for the. That was a game that was well, that, not necessarily the win, but that was a game that we had under control, um, and then we didn't make changes that needed to be made, and it cost us the game. No disagreement, let's take a quick break. We have a small favour to ask, friends. If you're enjoying the show, please help spread the word. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or any podcast app you use. It's a small thing that helps shows like ours to move up podcast rankings and generate more listeners, and it would be hugely appreciated. Right, uh, so I think I've probably had my fill of Champions League discussion for the evening, and I can guarantee you I will wake up in the morning feeling just as annoyed as I am now. Let's wind it back to Sunday's game against Southampton. Obviously, it's difficult to talk about Manchester United in a positive context after what we just saw. But still, uh, talking about self-inflicted wounds, uh, (laughs) the first half against Southampton, Richard. uh, A ridiculous game of football in general. But that first half was insane in terms of the way that United conspired to go 2-0 down considering the chances they created. Some very sloppy mm. analysis as well. I remember watching Match of the Day 2 for the first time in a blue moon talking about how Southampton were completely on top in that first half. No. Uh, no. No, they very much were not. United could easily have been two or three goals up how they had their shooting boots on. First chance Mason Greenwood pulls it a little bit far wide and doesn't get the right touch and then manages to miss a half open goal at that stage. Uh, Bruno has a couple of great opportunities one from long distance and then uh, what was it Mason after picking up the ball for the loose ball from the goalkeeper hits it straight at him and then Bruno really should bury that follow up great reactions but again sloppy from United and all it took was what Southampton's first period of pressure and they get the corner in and then it's what James Ward-Prowse checking in who got the corner was it Vestergaard again uh, no it wasn't it was Bednarek no, it was yeah. so gets the touch on the end of the corner and then United are 1-0 down. Now, free header, completely yeah. free header. Well, Rashford really should have been tighter on it. I mean, I guess the problem is sometimes when you've got someone like Ward-Prowse, who obviously is very good at dead ball deliveries and set pieces, he's going to punish you if you can find a little bit of space. But United should have been tighter there, especially given how slight the angle that Benderek's actually got to actually tip that into the goal in particular. And the second goal, the free kick, I mean... As soon as we conceded that, as soon as Fred conceded that on the edge of the area, I thought I was going in. Yeah, the crime the crime was giving away the free kick where where Fred did. You know, I'm sure I'm I'm sure Ollie had told him for Christ's sake, don't give don't give stupid free kicks in and around the area, and that's exactly what Fred did. And you know, Ward Prowse did what Ward Prowse does, and United looked pretty dead and buried at that point. I'm not sure I agree that we were dead and buried. I think the interesting thing was because we'd had so much in terms of decent opportunities and so many decent opportunities, I didn't feel like there weren't chances in the game for us, but it was going oh, to no, be yeah. key that we scored again. And so we, we scored the next goal. And lo and behold, we did. You know, 
It was hilarious. I was talking about how Bruno was having one of those afternoons, much like tonight, in terms of the fact that any time he was trying even simple passes going forward, he was seeming to struggle to connect with anyone nearby him. Edison Cavani came on at halftime for Greenwood, which was somewhat harsh on Mason to an extent. But again, I think maybe Oli just thought his head's not right today. And it's a bit concerning when you've got Greenwood and Rashford and Martial, who all look a little bit off-centre at the moment. That's concerning. Um, mm. But regardless, great work from Cavani out wide after Wan-Bissaka played him through. Good cross in. Bruno left on Mark. Has time to take a touch and then rolls it in from barely a couple of metres out. As soon as United got that first goal, I had a good feeling about the rest of that game. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that we were going to win, but it definitely felt like we could get back into it because mm. even with Henderson in goal, I mean, that's the point. Dean Henderson came in for injured David De Gea. I felt incredibly comfortable and confident through the rest of that half. It was weird. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any qualms about Henderson coming on. You know, we talked about what a good backup keeper Romero's been, but I, I don't see Henderson as being a, a, a lesser keeper than Romero is. He, he may even be a better keeper than Romero is. So, you know, ultimately, I'm sure Henderson himself is pretty disappointed by the amount of playing time he's had this season because he, he'll be wanting to play in the Euros if they go ahead in the summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any worries about Henderson coming on at any point in games or starting games because I think he's a, a really, really good keeper. And it always, it's almost a shame that he's spending so much time on the bench and not so much on the pitch. And then moving into the rest of the game, I guess. Uh, it's Alex Tellis with a half-decent corner in, and it comes out. Terrible shot by Bruno, which is deflected. And then Cavani just, like a bird, flies through the air and gets the header, and it's 2 all. And then suddenly United have got something to look forward to for the rest of the game. And at that stage, I guess because... It was weird, though, Rich, wasn't it? We weren't creating a hell of a lot of chances, but we felt... It felt relatively straightforward for the rest of that game. And it did take a while for us to actually get a decent opportunity to finish the game off. I think Cavani had a really good header in that period as well, which just sort of sailed past the far post. It was looking really good. And then Rashford had a couple of great opportunities and he was saved by the offside flag twice. Once where uh, he doesn't play through Cavani and goes for the shot, but he was offside. So it would have been called back had he scored. Then he tries to play Fred in just on the edge of the area where you're just thinking just blast it or curl it just do something I don't know why what again the decision making for some of our forwards at the minute is really worrying me Rashford had a bit of a again a confusing game but again by his lofty standards at various points in the last 18 months or so right but I say that beautiful crossing for the winner yeah it was I mean it's that if you watch it back it's an absolutely incredible delivery it was a it was a brilliant finish, an absolutely amazing finish because Cavani had to really sort of curb, loop his head round to get the the uh, angle on it to, to head it where he did. But it was it was made as much by the by the pace and the sort of flat delivery that that um, Rashford put in. But everyone else in the in the penalty area was standing still, and Cavani was moving and, and, and sort of looking for space and ferreting out the ball. So he gave. Gave United a run to to actually pick out, so gave Rashford a run to pick out, and it was just a really, really, really high class goal, um, and the sort of goal we we don't score or we haven't scored for a while because we don't have that incredibly predatory, good in the air centre forward. We don't, we don't, we don't really have that. You know, Martial's more of a when you know he, when he's playing well, he's he, he's more of a a technical player, more of a guy who's just as likely to score from 25 yards as he is from from five. It, you know, it was, it was just really good to see see Cavani 
you know, come on in, in a game and really, really show that he's still got a lot of class um, and actually win the game for United. You go from thinking, you know, what has this guy got left in him to, you know what, we've got one here who's really going to contribute an awful lot over the next year or two. And, and obviously it's always just incredibly ace to win um, a game uh, on the back of an, an incredible comeback in the 93rd minute or whatever it was. Um, it was very late. It was, and Southampton have been have been really, really good this season. I think they lost their first two, but since then they've been excellent, and they're up in the... But I think they might have been in the top four at the start of, start of play. I'm not sure exactly, but certainly the top five or six. So, you know, that's that's a pretty decent scalp for United. But again, you know, away from home, we seem to be able to to put in performances that can deliver games and at home we we don't so it's it's almost frustrating I was you must feel like you can't enjoy the away the excellent away performances and 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 results as much as you'd like to because everything at home is just so poor um I'm I'm just talking from the perspective of somebody who's really cross tonight but but it just is getting really annoying because every United game I'm thinking what what are we going to get are we going to get the ridiculous or the sublime for whatever reason yeah, what fresh hell are we going to see? Well, yeah, no, but it can be, it can be amazing as well. You know, United can put in some terrific performances, but they can also put in some absolutely abject performances, either in terms of individual player performance or tactics or concentration or um, game management. You know, United are capable of absolutely shitting the bed. And we come back to how important Bruno is to United because, you know... The, the turn the turnaround that happened where after he joined didn't happen by accident. It didn't there was no tactical change. He was just a catalyst. He was a player who found a role in the team which upgraded that area of the team by such an enormous degree that it drove the rest of the results forward. But I've said this so many times, you know, Bruno Fernandez is ninety five percent almost being slightly hyperbolic, but ninety five percent pod player and five percent the best player in the world, the best player in the world, isn't he? You, That's you know going to come back to bite you at various points this season, being no, taking but... out of context. But I, I get where you're yeah, coming yeah, from, yeah. though, in the sense that there are certainly elements to Bruno's performance that are high risk, high reward, and sometimes the uh, the reward element doesn't quite come off, does it? But it's I mean, the simple but then it, ones. Yeah. It's the simple yeah, yeah. passes as well. You know, he had one. He had yeah. one tonight where he, he was he was played through, wasn't he, on the right hand side of the penalty area, and he could have either shot or played a. Well, not an easy pass, but a, a sort of moderately simple pass across to whoever was running in. I can't remember it was who Cavani, it was. Cavani, yeah. On the first half, Cavani, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he just underhits the pass. He could have shot first time, or at least with his second <clears> touch, <throat> and he basically just fluffs his yeah. lines. He can score. He can. He can. He can thread a pass through an eye of a needle from forty-five yards on the turn without taking a touch, a first touch, and and yet, in, you know, the say a minute later, he can he can fail with the sequence of three five-yard passes. That just mm. require a little bit of accuracy, you know. I mean, clearly, Bruno's but Bruno's contribution to United is massively, massively in in the net positive. But yeah. in games like tonight, he's so important, and his actions are so fundamental to what United do. If he has a game where those those big things don't come off, where he's not scoring, where he's not playing incredible three passes, United don't function when when he's not doing the basics well. And that's I think that's part of the issue tonight, really. What Apart from the missed chances and the, and the, the, the way we reacted to um, the changes and, and taking Fred off was just that that Bruno's quality in the final third as well just wasn't there. So we could have potentially created even more, but didn't because because the main creative output in our team just didn't didn't really perform 
on the day. And it's just it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating a player of that talent and that vision and that attitude that he's so very sloppy a lot of the time and, and that really impacts. I honestly believe if he could cut out a lot of that sloppiness, United would be an absolutely formidable team. But we're going to have inconsistency because his contribution is inconsistent as well, as are others. He's not alone in that, but I'm only I'm only singling him out because he's, I think, by far the most talented player that we have in, in, in forward areas. Sure. I mean, I think the thing is, particularly with Fernandes, because how of how much of an impact he's had at the club since he arrived when he has performances like this the scru- we should be scrutinizing performances like this right there's no reason why we can't say mm. oh yeah that was excellent from fernandez tonight or the the small passes because as you as you mentioned there the simple stuff is just so often eluding him you know he can score that thunder bastard of a goal against basaxa here a couple last week Mm. Uh, you know, very few players on the planet can score a goal as good as that in terms of the way he hit it. It was remarkable. But then just missing those small passes, those small, simple passes when United are breaking or setting up chances, when those things don't go right, again, it has such a detrimental effect to what United are trying to do. And especially in bigger games like this against a team with the calibre of PSG who can punish you if you give them the option. It's going to come back and bite us in the arse if we're not being more clinical. And he's not the only person that is at fault for that. You know, we mentioned no, no. tonight, Martial missed the sitter. He could eat, perhaps have got a second, well, a second decent opportunity that Marquinhos did well to block from. And Rashford, again, wasn't, despite scoring, wasn't anywhere near his best tonight. It's not a, just a Bruno problem, but... Our no. bigger players need to start firing more consistently in games like this and instances like this where the fine margins are really costing us, especially when we've got decisions being made by the manager to, number one, leave Fred on, and number two, not react to Tuchel's changes midway through the half when the game's finally poised. Mm. And, yeah, as you mentioned, it's just it's the frustration of going into the game next week, knowing that if we just either held on for a draw or be more clinical in front of goal tonight, that we wouldn't have to worry about going to Germany to get a result. You could have played Igarlo, you could have played Dan James, you could have played Matic, you could have played any number of players who could have used the game tonight and rested a bunch of them, left them at home if you'd wanted to, and gone into the City game fresh. We can't do that now. And the progress that we made in the Champions League is undermined by the fact that we couldn't get a result tonight or in Istanbul. And the progress that we've made potentially in the league since that game, the defeat against Arsenal, is undermined by the fact that we've got to play two massive games in the space of three days. Mm. And again, I know I said it before, and if, if Ole gets out of this next week with three victories... Lord knows what I'll do. I'll send him a nice Christmas card or something like that. I will go up on the roof of my house and sing a song of wonder in his glory because to get three victories in those three games will be some doing, especially with what we've seen tonight and what we know of United in general. But you just don't feel confident in it. I'm just... It's this back and forth between constantly second guessing yourself as to whether or not you can be confident in what Manchester United are going to do. I just want to lighten the load, lighten the moment a little bit, just because I'm, because I've just seen something on, on Twitter that's made me laugh that Oli's actually said, he says, I don't want to comment on opposition players. My players know my values. I want honest players. Scotty could have gone down when Neymar grabs his gentle parts. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? I didn't, I must've missed that. He grabbed his knackers, did he? That was too busy ranting. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what other thing. 
is this how horrible it's been to play against Ander Herrera for all these years? That was filthy. I didn't enjoy that yeah. at all. No, well, you know, he's one of those players that you love him when he's yours and, and hate him when he's not. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed the way that, you know, United went about the game in general. There were, we were for, whatever, 70 minutes. We were the shithouses, you know. We were, they, we were all Ander, weren't we, really? They were getting the crap kicked out of them and it was clearly a tactic. It, you know, all he obviously said to them, you know, really get into them, not knock them about a bit because they don't like it and they lose focus. And that's what they were doing, and, and you know Neymar's the best example of that. He he does get embroiled in things when he when he gets booted around, and and McTominay did a very very good job of pissing of pissing Neymar off and losing his concentration. Well, um, to an extent. Well, no, no, but, but no, but until until those things that should have should have happened didn't happen late in the game, and and that's when United were undone. I mean, there's a mm. picture on. There's a one of the things is that even at one one. Although United were on top and were creating chances, we needed a draw. So we still had, at 1-1 with half an hour to go, 25 minutes to go in that game, we still had our full-backs bombing ahead of of even the, the wide players at times and the midfielders. And particularly Tellers was flying forward. It was just really naive. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't yearn for a return to Mourinho ball and playing an entire game at home to Juventus, essentially just sit standing on the edge of our 18-yard box and then losing anyway. But there needed to be a bit of balance there. And it's almost like, oh, let's, we're just going, going to go and win this and not worry about them anymore. And it, that, you know, it was just really frustrating. The whole thing was yeah. frustrating. I just think that the end part of the game, a lot of that game was well-managed, but the end part was poorly managed. And it doesn't matter what came before the end part, because the 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 idea at the end is to, is to, to manage the whole game and if you don't manage the whole game you'll lose games and that's what happened I, I, I'm going to rectify a mistake that I made earlier on we're actually playing Saturday Tuesday Saturday so we have four game, four days in between Leipzig and City and three uh, we're going to be well we're going to be playing in Germany three days after our uh, tea time trip to uh, the West Ham Stadium on Saturday uh, um, well, well, we're not going to be potting again until after the RB Leipzig game. It's going to be fun, though, isn't it? Because it's just football, football, football constantly now until checks watch it's May forever. Yeah, May. yeah. Yeah, just imagine if we beat Everton in the League Cup. We've then got the semi-final of that to go in January for one of those midweeks off. Yeah, well, and then as soon as I... we finish this competition, we've got a midweek against Sheffield United. I know it's 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 absolutely insane, isn't it? And hmm. we, we've mentioned this before. It, I understand why they did it, but I think it was absolutely ridiculous of the the Premier League majority of the Premier League clubs deciding that we shouldn't have five subs because I understand to a degree why, but the argument about bigger squads doesn't isn't really necessarily valid because. The, the the clubs with the bigger, more expensive squads are also playing in an extra competition, which is every midweek. So, by definition, those those smaller Premier League clubs are going into each into a lot of their league games having had a week off. Um, and it's not really done Sheffield United any good to have three substitutions anyway. Last time I checked the league table. Anyway, no. Rich, let's <laughs> let's call it for the night because we could yeah. go on for another hour to to discuss how frustrated we are after this evening's work. Ooh, but I can I just add, add? Can I just add one positive point? One positive point. Ahmed Traore came on for um, Atalanta in their Champions League game against um, FC Midtjylland, and um, and and was really really good. Um, very 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 promising. I think he had a couple of couple of really good shots himself. Um, he's clearly very technically good, very good dribbler. Um, I was really really you know you think you think maybe it'd take a 
a kid of that age with as little experience as he had, you don't necessarily expect quite a big impact when you sort of first get sighted of him. But he was really, really good. Um, so I'm quite excited for when he comes in in, uh, in January as to, to what he can offer the first team now, because I think he can offer something. On that note, Rich, thanks for joining me this week. Guys, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> And don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter. If you want to discuss anything that you've seen in the last week, you can get me at you and like this. You can get Rich at Rich Red Voices and the pod itself at Red Voices MUFC and our blog at redvoices.net. Don't forget any and all ratings and reviews on iTunes or Spotify or subscriptions on Acast or anything on those lines. Oh, it's hugely welcome and we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And guys, we'll join you after RB Leipzig next week. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Good night.